I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spot where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am feeling festive in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And joining me on the other line, lounging from the satellite branch in scenic Hamilton, even though I just saw her like three hours ago, it's your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Hello. Hello. And happy Saturnalia. Happy Saturnalia. You know, you said that last week and I just let it roll on by, which I think maybe gave people the impression that this is a normal way to demarcate days. And it's not, Caitlin. It is. It totally. Well, okay. It used to be. <laughs> it, it used to be and I'm trying to bring it back as usual. <laughs> bring, bring back Saturnalia. Caitlin, always on, always on the bleeding edge of the hot new new. Well, that the kids want to be all or the all hot, the hot, old, old, like ancient, ancient, old, old. You got to bring the ancient, the ancient, old, old can be today's hot new new. What was once yesterday's ancient, old, old is today's hot new new, Kate. Hey, everything that is old is new again. You just need to walk through a mall. And if you were around in the 90s, it's giving you nom flashbacks. OK, it's 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 horrible. It's horrible. And it already came for me once, kind of. On like the late eighties vibe, so it's really coming for y'all now. So all you all you young millennials out there, yeah, when it's like fifteen tank tops and uh, <laughs> and there's and piping week. on cargo pants and oh, they're orange. Yeah. Get, oh yeah, get hype! It's coming for you too. H and M has got you in their sights. It is a matter of time, friends. This is episode three hundred and four of the Geek Down podcast. If you would like to listen to any of our other three hundred and three episodes, you take yourself wherever you get your audio content. Spotify, maybe not SoundCloud, Caitlin's got opinion, Google, Apple, or Stitcher, give us a rate, review, follow, subscribe, henceforth, you'll never have to worry about finding this podcast, because it's busier than ever right now, y'all, you do not have time, it's going to be so busy, we're just going to take a couple weeks off to give you time to deal with everything you have to deal with, but while you're dealing with it, if you just hit follow and subscribe now, you never have to worry about dealing with us, again, because we will be more than happy to just come to you. Delivered directly from the festive sack on the back of a rainbow mane alicorn named Philip by your mans. Chauncey Frostelicus III, geek down internet elf. Oh my god, girl. It is his favorite, his most wonderful time of year. All he wants to do is deliver episodes of this podcast directly to your device without any effort from you. Listen, you're about to have some holidays, about to take some time off. Maybe it's a good time to get caught up on the geek town. Maybe you just want to fill your arms with all these episodes of The Geek Down that you missed during this busy holiday season. Chauncey got you covered. Yeah. and Don't have to worry about anything. And he, he is catch-up, too. I mean, he's busy delivering episodes all week long. Like, And we've got 300 and going to be t- now 304 of them. Yes. That's a lot of episodes. We put out like 40-something episodes this year, y'all. That's a lot of episodes. Yeah. So we understand. You don't have time to listen to them and find them. So Chanti will bring them to you so you can focus on the most important thing. And that is listening and getting our numbers up. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, enjoying possibly your time off and visiting with family. But no. Get those numbers up. <laughs> Eye on the prize, Caitlin. God damn it. Sorry. Friends, if you would like to play the over-under on how long... 
Twitter.com slash GeekdownPod continues to exist as the only, as where the show lives on the social means, because every week brings a new wrinkle. Yep. Elon's out there banning, banning the accounts of journalists who dare to ask him questions or comment. And, and <sighs> soon enough, didn't you hear this one, mentioning hmm. another social network. Oh, did well, you get banned for, banned for that now, too? Yep. Who could, who could have possibly thought <laughs> giving the world's richest man one of the most dominant social media sites to just act as his own personal bullhorn could possibly be a bad idea? Who could have predicted? Kate, I thought it was coming because he did one of his little Twitter polls after he banned all those accounts. And he's like, when should I unban them? Yeah. Now or a week from now or longer and oh from the Geek Down account, I was like, now, you buffoon. <laughs> um, um, but I, also, it's not even, he, I, he's not the richest man. And also, it's not giving the richest man, like, uh, a playground or, or something to use as his own personal playground that's a problem. It's giving a child his own personal playground where, <sighs> that a lot of people depend on. That's the problem. I'm just, listen, I've just changed my ringtone to the sound of the San Francisco crowd booing him at that Chappelle show. <laughs> it's literally, it, it was uh, the holiday miracle I needed. Uh, <laughs> friends, if you want to support this endeavor financially, ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod. They're still sane over there. Maybe we'll just start doing all my posting from over there. I'm, hey, maybe that, hey, I keep on saying, I this is the the time remember how google was trying to get everyone to use like what was called like the circle or the bubble Cir- or circles ain't coming back kate i'm sorry i know i know you mourn circles no but... it's not even that i mourn it it's that if they at, at at any time if they wanted to step in do you have any any idea how many people would just like flock over there like google's also evil and run by <laughs> demons from hell but they're smart enough to like keep it under wraps yes so people would just like flock i i don't want to use facebook anymore but that's where that's where my dad is <laughs> my, dad, my dad just exists on facebook it's basically. where all our dads are yeah that's the problem we are only on there for i honestly don't know what the kids are on these days like what's the de facto like it's got to be tiktok TikTok, but like, I'm one of those ones that I think most of the kids do what I do, where it's just like I have a TikTok account. I never, I don't post TikToks. I don't right. do anything on TikTok. See, I I don't because I have officially like dug my feet in as like this is where I draw the line here and no further. I um, and I really wanted to, but then perfume got more followers on TikTok than they did on Instagram, and that's where they had to start my thing is focusing like, can, their endeavors. Can you like? Can you DM someone on TikTok? I'm guessing you can. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. See, this yeah, is what there's I mean. like, like a, there's like know. an inbox thing in so there. Maybe, so I guess you can. I'm guessing TikTok, probably Instagram still. Instagram's just, that's just where I need to hang out. This is where I got to keep it chill. I'm, it's fine. I'll be washed. I'll learn the hot TikTok trends three months <laughs> later on Instagram. That's fine. I don't care. Uh, friends, we were going to have a regular episode today. We had batted around some ideas. Mm-hmm. And I had said at one point, because we're still keeping it festive, you know, last festive episode of the year. I said, well, there's that, we're trying to come up with something to watch. And I said, well, there's that, uh, there's that sequel to a Christmas story that dropped. Although I haven't heard many people talking about it. And Caitlin said, I've never seen a Christmas story. And I went, what? How have you like, not, that's just bizarre to me. Not even on some like, 
I don't know how you couldn't at this point. Like, they're literal channels that just show nothing but Christmas Story for, like, a week. <laughs> Top to bottom. I don't know how you just managed to dodge it. Like, that must take an effort from you. And then I got it into my head. I was like, you know what? You know what, Caitlin? Yeah, I know that you've never seen that. You've never seen Christmas Vacation. Let's just fucking watch Christmas Vacation. And Caitlin McKinnon, for the second time in the history <laughs> of this podcast, 304 episodes, only twice... She refused. Outright refused. I'm not watching it. If you're keeping score, that now makes the two things that Caitlin McKinnon refuses to engage with. The Japanese horror film Audition and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Mm -hmm. Apparently, the two things Caitlin McKinnon cannot abide are feet being severed with piano wire and mm -hmm. Chevy Chase. I mean, basically, it's the same thing. <laughs> I mean, is it really shots? No. But uh, so I said, well, okay, fuck it. Geek down year end Christmas party. So here we are. I don't nobody wants to be doing like a year end look back in the middle of January. So let's just it's the season. We're going to do kind of our uh, traditional summation uh, little best picks of things we checked out on the show this year. Mm -hmm. And if you stay till the end, there may be presents. Yeah. I'm very excited. I mean, I know, I know what I got cause I bullied him into getting it for me, but I I'm mean, still excited. It, it'd be the most boring reveal. If you've ever been on, if you listen to, if you've ever listened to this show, this will be the most boring present reveal ever. Um, there are a couple things I wanted to bring up before we got into this, Caitlin. Well, actually, a few things that I want to bring up. Oh, my. Okay. This um, really is a summation of the end of the year. we got to get I it mean, all in now. It's going to be a beefy episode, which I hope will make people happy because we came in under uh, 60 minutes last week and I heard it from the people. We do not know what you people want. We go like an hour 20 and you people are like, it's too long. And then we come in at a, at a lean 56 and it's like, why are you wasting my time? Yeah, I'm. I'm because I remember when we when we first started the podcast, everyone was like, "Hour and a half, you guys are insane. No one's gonna listen to that." And so for a while, we tried to like shorten it down. And then again, people were like, "Oh, it's a little short." I'm like, "What do you want from us?" No pleasing you people. Um, briefest of updates. I'm not going. I'm not pulling up deadline. I'm not going to talk about this much. But uh, the, the James Gunn saga just continues. <laughs> I don't know if you've been keeping up with it at all. I have not. Oh my god. Um, so the biggest thing is probably just that Cavill's out. Is that true? As Superman. Is that really that true, true? True. Oh my God. I don't know. Like, listen, I don't know about the, uh, the, the allegations that get, uh, fanboys nuked by James Gunn on Twitter. I don't know if that's, <laughs> if that's true, but, uh, Henry Cavill is no longer playing, uh, Superman anymore. He will no longer be, services will no longer be needed. Um, also, James Gunn is writing a Superman movie. And don't feel bad for Henry Cavill. He's going to get his Warhammer show for Amazon. So I know. That I did hear about because senior correspondent Chris busted in the room really excited <laughs> <laughs> to let me know. So it's a real, real up and down week for, uh, for Henry Cavill. But we wish him the best. As we said a few weeks ago, that man is one of us. So he 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 got the witcher taken away from him now he gets to do his warhammer show so i hope i really hope this one works out for him also just go one back to the us. witcher one of us seriously just let him just, just let him play Geralt again like and just be like i also want to be a producer right like just <laughs> you have the money i'm sure 
one other thing I wanted to mention, uh, brought to me by uh, executive producer Cute, still earning that title. Very relevant. After last week's episode, she sends me something on Instagram earlier this week, which is just a little slideshow uh, from the at phenomenal account on Instagram titled Mrs. Claus Erasure. Ooh. We, we talked a lot last week about Mrs. Santa Claus as portrayed by Angela Lansbury in the yes. movie of the same name. Turns out we were a little ahead of the game on this one, Kate, because it's a, it's a topic oh. that's out there in the ether. So I will now uh, share this slideshow with you. Uh, millions of people all over the world systematically disregard the contributions of Mrs. Claus. Take a stand against the erasure of Mrs. Claus this holiday season. What are some examples of Mrs. Claus erasure? The insistence that she is, quote, completely fictional. That's just rude. Instead, insist to your friends that she is real, no matter how much they stop responding to your texts. <laughs> take it a step further and take holiday photos with Mrs. Claus instead, because old men are creepy. A lot of them, yes. Further examples, referring to her as Santa's wife. That's regressive. Instead, use her proper title, Mrs. Claus Esquire. <laughs> Also, don't assume she doesn't have a first name. Her name is Ashley. Oh, in, in... Ash Slay. Pronounced oh. Ash Slay. <laughs> That's funny. I was going to say, because in the movie, it was Anna, so... And rather than assuming Santa Claus is the father of Christmas, did you know Mrs. Claus actually thought the original idea for Christmas, but didn't want to make it a big deal about it? Honor her work. I believe that. Uh, this apparently all ties into a children's book. <laughs> called The Truth About Mrs. Claus that uh, is out this holiday season. Amazing. Also, Mrs. Claus is black in this book, so I'm sure people are furious somewhere. I I, I cannot understand. I, I, I really can't. Like, I mean, I, I don't understand even when it's, you know, people, I remember someone asked me because I'm a huge Jane Austen fan and there's, you know, a lot of Regency stuff that's sort of coming out. Um, and someone asked me like, oh, how do you feel like, you know, with people of color playing roles that are, you know, usually historically played by, I was like, I, I don't care. I, I just want it to be a good plot and I don't want them to touch until the end. Like that's all I want out of my <laughs> Regency period pieces. Um, and then, and then even it's, it's the same for me, but even beyond that, it's just like, even the whole thing with the little mermaid, like these are fully like these are fictional characters and i want to be like you you people do understand that right it's one thing for like a six-year-old to believe in santa claus i i just yeah i can't understand i can't understand having that much hate in your heart that that is that is something you choose to to care about it's just dumb and if you are mad about Mrs. Claus being black in this children's book, um, stay mad. Your tears give me life. Let me we'll taste. take we'll take weeb and racist tears. Weeb weeb and racist tears. Hmm. Which one is more delicious, Kate? I don't know. Probably racist tears. Racist tears. Um, so that's a fun little thing. You got a kid in your life, a little young, a little young three to five. Go and buy him that book. Shouts to Mina. And to, and to um, Mrs. Claus. Shouts to, shouts to Mina Harris and the illustrator Keisha Morris, who put out that book this year. 
more diverse Christmas stories. So I said earlier that uh, even though we are doing the pod uh, remote today, I actually did see Kate this afternoon Mm -hmm. for a little gift exchange. And I wish it was actually a rather momentous occasion, if you think about it. And I didn't get to give it the um, the sort of gravitas, reverence it deserved. Um, Because it was the first time, I believe, we had together been in major canadian retailer for a very long time i cannot even remember the very. last time we were I, both in major canadian retailer i i yeah beyond memory at this point so if, if you don't know that's where kate and i met mm-hmm. um but it was also a very kind of fraught exchange because a scant half an hour tops before that i had heard on the walkie one of the staff go, can someone help me? And it was probably that desperate, like seasonal plea. Of no, like, th- no, this was, this was a, this was a seasoned staff. This was, Ooh, that's even worse. This was, this was a, this was a permanent. And I'm like, who are you? Where are you? And how do you need help? Um, because it was uh, me and another manager in there today. And the, Unofficial rule was that any sort of downstairs issues he would take care of and any sort of upstairs issues I would deal with, whatever the staff needed. Um, so I go, I, go, I find this employee, and it's basically that, like, some customer was being exceptionally demanding and not taking anything this employee said um, like asking for recommendations and then dismissing every recommendation she got. Oh yeah. Asking her to like, does this need batteries? What about this one? She was doing like a donation shop, right? For like a, like, a, which means all you get is like kids age, whatever. Yeah. So she's basically asking this one poor employee to like basically do all the work for her. Yeah. Um, and I know what you're saying. Well, isn't this customer service? Yes, it's also December 18th. Yeah, I was going to say it is the last weekend before Christmas. So, yeah, this is the last Sunday before Christmas. So, you maybe should have done your work and your due diligence a little earlier. Also, when she gives you the extent of her knowledge on this topic, quit, like, holding her down. So, basically, this this employee finally like extricated herself by saying I can go check in the back for something whatever and that's where she was just like having a breakdown she's like I got to get I got to get away from this woman like she she will not leave me alone and I'm like oh. the solution the solution I had in mind I was like number one you could just ghost but if you would prefer you can go back out to her and I will take a 10 count and then I will follow you and ask you for your help with something to get you out of this situation and then, you know, you can even be like, you know, she'll be right back, you know, blah, 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 with you knowing full well you are not coming back, you know? Yeah. Like, so, um, I actually had to go out and help with another thing at the cash desk and I go back out into the department and I loudly say, you know, X, where can I find you? And so she's already on the walkie in front of this customer going, oh, I'm just over in kids. So I walk over and I'm like, hey, um, can you give me a hand finding something real quick? And this customer goes, she's helping me. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> hadn't anticipated that. And I was like, oh, it'll only be, it'll only be a couple seconds. She's like, no, she's helping me. I don't understand. This is so, I just don't understand. Well, I like, I, if you'd like, I can 
try to help you out. I'm ready, Kate. I'm ready to jump on that sword for my employees. Yeah. No, not interested. She's like, I'm just trying to show. I don't understand. She was helping me. And I'm sitting there trying to say, like, woman, how do I tell you you are creeping her the fuck out without telling you you're creeping her the fuck out? Um, I'm, like, wrapped in attention. This is, like, my favorite type of Christmas story. At this point, and at this point, the employee is like, I'm really sorry, but, like, he's my manager. She's like, I don't understand. This is so rude. And I was like, literally, at that point, I had nothing. I was like, well, bye. (laughs) Like, like I got nothing. You don't want my help, and I got to get her out of here because she's literally, you're giving her a panic attack, like, for real. Yeah. The level of demandingness and just like not even picking anything up, standing there and pointing at something and going like, it's the typical entitled customer, right? Where it's like, what about that one? And pointing at it, inferring that then this employee should then lift it and hand it to her from the shelf. You have arms. I, I had something similar in which I was helping someone and she asked me about the content of every single nine to 12 book going, well, is this suitable? And I wanted to be like, I don't know. I haven't read it, but trying my best to help her. But I think, I think I helped her for 45 minutes to an hour. And by the end of it, I like needed to go sit down. And like, there's, there's been a vibe shift in retail in general. Um, So that is not really a thing to begin with. And it's definitely not a thing on December 18th when there are, thousands of people rolling through the store you do not get the personalized bespoke shopping experience and also pick up the thing yourself yeah Um, turn it around read and i basically like i was like i i don't i have i'm already stressed because it's like you know 12 and it's already been (laughs) it's noon and it's already been going off the rails for most of the day and i'm like the moment where i was like oh i should probably let the other manager know there may be a call about me later um this woman was like, I'm just, they're for four children. I don't know them. And I'm like, well, we don't either. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh my like, God. <laughs> like, what do you want? Do you expect me to divine from the ether <laughs> what this kid's into? No. Uh, you take a guess. Give him the little remote control spider. He'll fucking love it. Um, so after that, I just, <laughs> I just paged the other manager and was like, hey, if there's a call about me later, uh, just, just know it was for the greater good. Yeah. But that's what was already swimming around when uh, jolly old St. <laughs> Kate came rolling through with her elf hat on, asking her, asking around for me. So all I'm hearing from the back on the walkie is like, Jordan, there's a customer in the manga section asking for you. I just like froze. I just like squatted with my arms extended. Like, and I knew Kate was coming. So I was like, is this Kate or is it not? And then the the employee was also hopping in on the walkies going like, does she have brown hair? <laughs> well, I, I, which I do. I, I had come in, I had messaged Jordan. I knew he'd be busy, but, um, I thought maybe something was happening and like he hadn't seen the messages or whatever. So I just, there was a, someone passing by going to the back, which of course I know where that is. And so I just like, oh, hey. And I was so nice. I have this jingly bell elf hat, um, you know, rosy cheeked as I am. I was like, oh, hey, could you um, let me know if Jordan's in the back and just let him know someone's here to see him? And they were like, oh yeah, okay. Um, and then when he came back out, he was like, yeah. And we've also called, paged him on the walkie. And I 
I was like texting Jordan being like, sorry, I didn't mean, I didn't mean to go that far. I just wanted them to be like, Hey. And then when he came out and told me, they were like, Oh, they thought you might be an irate customer. I was like, me? (laughs) What? So yeah, oh, oh, always a fantastic time. Uh, <laughs> but yes, this, this this visit to MCR was a a stop on your traditional uh, yes festive festive tour through the GTA. Yeah, well, it, it happened. It started happening because of COVID, right. um, and because we weren't getting together. But I still wanted to get people presents, and so I'd make sort of because everybody I know is in Toronto, we do this, you know, round trip as opposed to mailing things to people because that would actually be far more expensive. Thanks, Canada Post. Um, uh, and we didn't have as many stops this year because I found out a couple people that I thought I wouldn't be seeing. I will be. Um, but yeah, it's always, it's always nice. I get hugs. I exchange presents. It's a good time. Caitlin got no hug from me. There was no time for hugs. We no did, time for hugs. We did hug. Did we hug? Yes. You felt oh, all did. awkward. Yes, we did. Because you felt all awkward about it because you're at work and I made you hug me. <laughs> as it is the last week, uh, as you're listening to this, my God, it's probably like, you know, four days, four days to Christmas and uh, the madness continues. I am fully of the belief that once again, Papa and Mama Ferguson are about to take the X or Y or Z list and turn it into a X and Y and Z list. Uh, you're an only child. You just take it for the rest but of us. I, I know, but like, and I know, and I'm like, I, not like I fought with my mom, but like, my septuagenarian fixed income parents start busting out the supreme money guns, and it makes me a little antsy. But that's because we're from lower middle class families. Lower middle class. Poor brain is a motherfucker. Um, yeah. So when. When the Polly Pocket gets a full uh, contemporary makeover uh, in 2023, possibly with a new bed and a new TV. I don't know. We'll see. Um, it's it's getting it's getting wild. I don't know how I'm going to transport it either, but be that as it may. The other thing that's pissing me off is, like, someone cute. I hope your gift gets here in time. If you're listening to this, it shipped. They told me it shipped. And that's just been, like, unmoving for days. Check it every day. It's like, ready for pickup. I'm like, great. I didn't order anything this year. I did. I've done mostly ordering. my Oh, because my day that I was going to go out, as I said last week, I was, was going to be all Christmas, doing all Christmas. I did all the Amazon ordering. <laughs> Damn it. Um, but then I was going to feel better about doing the Amazon ordering by, I was going to go out and get my flu shot and then, uh, you know, find some... Find some local businesses to partake in. And then yeah. it just poured rain in Toronto. And it was that all day. cold, icy rain. Oh, I got horrible. so drenched, I could feel it through the back of my ridiculous parka. That's how drenched oh, yeah. I got. No, also, this was supposed to be the panic snowpocalypse and all we got was rain. So meteorology, just take a step. <laughs> Like, well, they they do try and say like it's a sixty percent chance, but then people freak out. They because they love to just freak out about things. Also, like this happens every year. Every year they're like it's the first crazy snowfall and it's rain. It happens every year. The other thing that happens is there is finally this first crazy snowfall, and most of the people don't have their snow tires. And I complain about it every year. You had so much time. It's rain every year. You know where you could get that context? Farmer's fucking almanac. <laughs> yeah, seriously. 
They're like, they've got like an 80% accuracy rate. <laughs> Somebody paid for that at work today. <gasps> oh my gosh. Someone was looking for the farmer's almanac. You should give them my, my contact information. I'd just be like, this person would like to talk to you about the farmer's almanac. <laughs> I was like, she's early. She said she wouldn't be here till noon. <laughs> uh, just me and Ethel. <laughs> so the people who get the farmer's almanac <laughs> every year. Oh, Lord. Uh, yes. So it's getting wild. This is someone cute. Like I said, I hope you're... They said it's UPS, but UPS has apparently not arrived to pick it up yet. <sighs> there goes my forehead twitch. The forehead twitch has been the uh, has been the real MVP of the holiday season. Amazing. I have an eye twitch. I, I would, oh, I nice. Will tr- I'll, I will trade you because the eye twitch, I actually have to hold my eyelid. <laughs> Isn't getting old fantastic. Uh, so friends, there are a couple, uh, we're going out of order. Like I said, the, the back half is kind of going to be like our, our favorites of things we got to from this year. Mm-hmm. There are a couple updates worth mentioning. Do you have any updates you would like to talk about? No, I watched Disney films all week. Oh, you are, you are deep in it. You are, you are all the way in it. Oh, I am. I'm steeped. My updates are really only limited to, uh, three things, two of which are new. One of which is old. Fleischman is in trouble. Still in trouble. Although I think the pivot is coming. The pivot is sure? coming this episode. Okay. Because you've been saying that for a couple episodes. Rachel, Claire Danes, the wife, made her reappearance. Two of the characters, Lizzie Kaplan, saw Rachel in the park. So the pivot is coming next episode. I think Libby will go over and start speaking to Rachel. And then the backstory. Um will fill in and minor spoilers it is ballsy to try and use that amy mansum from magnolia in a similar fashion but they did and they pulled it off i was like well wise up by amy man just kicking me in the teeth a second time amazing um two things that are new uh the fourth season of atlanta finally made its way to disney plus i was waiting till it went up before i i revisited the uh donald glover surrealist dramedy i guess that's maybe the most succinct way to put it um the third season was not exactly celebrated did not garner uniformly critical praise it some people felt it was uneven um it was set in europe for that season um, the, it was very rare for all of the four principal characters to share an episode sometimes they weren't in an episode at all which is not unusual for Atlanta. This has happened before. Um, but I think given how long see the gap between season three and four was like nothing. I think they both came out this year and the gap between season two and three was very long. So I think maybe the expectations are impossible to meet after season two was very good. Season three was very weird, which is always what the show has been. Um, yeah, I was going to say that that's just Atlanta though. So, I, at least in the short term, I am telling myself that if I see a principal cast member in the thumbnail on Disney Plus, I will watch that episode. I am not just jumping to season four, which some people have done. Um, although I could not resist because there was one episode I heard about. I, I about think I heard about it too. A fictitious CEO of Disney. Yep. Who decides the first and only black CEO of Disney. Who makes it his mission to make the blackest movie ever made, a.k.a. the Goofy movie. The Goofy movie, which 
the Goofy movie and like people talking about it was my introduction to the idea that certain cartoon characters in black culture are black. Yes. And now that I I have just completely accepted that. Like as as part of my like, oh yeah, that like that makes sense. Oh, that, of and course. It's, it's it's very apparent that this is like obviously you know, true for Donald Glover and his friends, and they kind of reverse engineer this story about Thomas Washington, the first and only black CEO for Disney. Mm-hmm. To explain the influences that that are in there, because it was like there was like an R and B group in the Goofy movie, and like, and the way the way Max the way Matt Goofy's son dressed, you know, he kind of had the baggy hoodie and the baggy jeans, and like, which was just like, you know, late mid to late nineties hip hop culture, right? And and also there there was the the main you know the character that he's trying to meet is this splice of like. Michael Jackson and yes. Prince and And he's know. got kind of a high top fade and he's got he's got a flat top fade and he's got designs shaved into it, that type of vibe. Yeah. Um yeah, he was supposed to be a pop star and the biggest pop stars in the world then were Bobby Brown and Michael Jackson. So Yeah. Um but it's <laughs> for most of it you're like, damn, that's really because it uses the actual footage from the movie, and that's where mm-hmm. it's like, man, that's who how many favors had to get called in for this to happen. But it's the moment where, like, you see a storyboard of what, <laughs> fictitiously, the CEO wanted the original ending to be, which was the two of them getting pulled over by the cops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like a storyboard of Goofy and, and, like, one of those, like, bulldog cop type things. I'm like, how did you get away with this? Um, yes, very good. Um, and also... Lakeith Stanfield, just every time the dude's on screen. And as soon as they say that, I'm like, also Brian Tyree Henry, every time that dude's on screen. Also, <laughs> Zazie Beats, every time she's yeah. on screen. Like, literally. And I think that is kind of why I understand why people would kind of be, like, put off when they're not in an episode. Because the, all four of them are so charismatic and charming, and you want to see them on the screen. And when they're not, their absence is very noticeable. But... I'll be excited to see how that uh, that shakes out. I know someone cute was rather quickly going through them. She had already watched season three um, and has been watching season four in order and has had levied, levied many plaudits at uh, the fourth season. Um, nice. The last thing. Mm. I, was very, I was very surprised how this turned out. We'll see how this goes. You know, I do not have a great record for finishing video games. If you would like further comment on that, you can ask uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, um, Yakuza Kiwami 2, Yakuza Like a Dragon, um, Persona 5 Strikers. All all abandoned in the middle of the, f- the, the floor. All unfinished. When something else shiny and new when came the along. Hot new, when the hot new new coat shows up for free. And what was the hot new new showing up for free this month on the PlayStation Network? The Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I know you're like, hey, Washed Gamer, way to play 2007's hottest title. <laughs> we know I play most games for free. Yes. And I've never played a Mass Effect game. I obviously have an awareness of them. And I also have an awareness that it is Caitlin McKinnon's possibly his favorite gaming franchise, yes? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'd say it's probably fair. 
Um, yeah. And within about 45 minutes, it became very apparent to me why it is Caitlin McKinnon's. Ooh. It's just, it's just Star Trek. Yeah. It really is. It's at other planets. It's aliens just chilling. It's diplomacy. And it's Keith David. Oh. It's literally everything <laughs> Caitlin McKinnon wants want. yep. in a game. Uh, there uh-huh. was some controversy on our Facebook Messenger. Oh, man. I thought we were going to throw down for a moment. Because, friends, you may know. You may or may not know that the, the premise, the hook sort of of Mass, 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 mass Appeal, because that's a gangstar song. <laughs> and every time I say Mass Anything, it comes out as Mass Appeal. Um, <laughs> the appeal of Mass Effect initially was over the course of three games and what i now have is the sort of remastered the yakuza kiwami of the mass effect series where they kind of like spit polished it made some changes gave it some performance upgrades apparently mm-hmm. the car doesn't play as big a part in mass effect one oh this go around oh, yes <laughs> most consistent man at work told me it was the gummy ship of the mass effect <laughs> series which for my kingdom hearts people Y'all know what I'm talking about? Wait, there, there's literally jokes in the third that, like, the characters make about it because about that's the car? how, yes, that's how, like, bad it was. But it is, it's twofold. It's number one, you can pick between uh, a male or female character, Commander Shepard. Um, um, known as Fem, Fem Shep and Dude Shep. Dude Shep and Fem Shep, yes. Uh, widely known. That the performance of Jennifer Hale as Femshep is far superior than the Jabroni doing Dudeship. Yep. And that over the course of the three Mass Effect games, it recognizes it would recognize your save data from one to the next. Yes. And it would kind of read it. So characters would react to you based on in game two, based on your actions in game one, which was yes. kind of wild at the time. Yes. Um, and I think Mass Effect 3 caught a lot of flack because it did. They just didn't have the tech to make all that tie together as well as people wanted it to. I think people thought every every decision you ever made was going to have repercussions come Mass Effect 3. And it was like, y'all, it, this is the Xbox 360. We're doing the best <laughs> we can. But like, <laughs> And then there was a big, as you know, a big deal about the ending. Something about the ending, which they patched. They patched a few new cutscenes in there or something. like. Yeah, like the original ending, people were just... I mean, and I wasn't around for that. Like, we played after that. Um, and so, yeah, people just lost their minds. So, so and I think that's been patched away as well in the uh, in the Legendary Edition. But the cause of the strife between your co-hosts was obviously I can never make a decision, especially in a game like this where I already have, I feel like I have the pressure of everything I'm doing is being watched. Apparently, I'm playing Renegade, Caitlin. I don't even know how that <gasps> happened. What? I don't even know how that happened. You can you can change. You can people can change. I'm you out there change. sweet talk I'm sweet talking everybody. I'm just racking up paragon points, but it still got me as renegade. I'm like, yeah. I don't know what I did here. I don't know what you think I did to get me as renegade, but this will not stand. I'm about to just start over. Um but, And then and then you can start over properly. <laughs> because the first decision you have to make is are you gonna play as dude ship or femship? And I went to the internet, I went to Reddit. Like first time player, how should I how should I do this? And the consensus was that while the voice performance of Jennifer Hale's Femship is so superior, however, Mass Effect is such a story driven game that if you want a fully immersive experience to like put yourself in there, you should play as the gender you identi- identify with. And Caitlin McKinnon was furious. I still am. 
Not only, not only did you go to uh, a, I don't even know what to call it, a uh, internet um, focus group that is well known for being extremely sexist. I didn't go to 4chan, Caitlin. I know, but Reddit still, there's there's a lot of sexism there. Um, not only did you do that, you, I have, how long have I just talked about, like, the ridiculousness of anyone playing dude chap like just it is absurd to me but I can, almo- I can almost appreciate what they were saying because it's like the dude ship delivery is so off the mark most times it's just funny which i guess i'm I mean, talking i'm talking to seth green on the bridge of the normandy about his brittle bone disease and it's like <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to offend you yeah it's <laughs> It's like, this, this is why I'm renegade, because I keep just saying <laughs> wild shit to people on the, on the bridge. Uh, I just, I, to me, I mean, we tried. I, like, I tried to play Dude Chap a couple times, and I couldn't handle it. And even when we play clips of, like, I don't know, whatever we're, we're, we want to rewatch because it's so funny, like a cutscene or whatever. Or, you know, there's cutscenes that, like, legit just, I bawl my eyes out. Um and it's a dude chef. I'm like, no, <laughs> like absolutely. It's one of those things where, um, so I found out watching a Kevin Conroy, um, sort of, sort of mini, like a YouTube video about him mm. and him being uh, Batman, um, that the original Joker was supposed to be, uh, Dr. Frankenfurter, um, Tim Curry, Tim Curry. I didn't know this. Um, and they, then senior correspondent Chris pulled up Tim Curry's, like, they have a voice recording of his doing the Joker voice. And it is so like every fiber of my being is screaming like this is just recoils. Um, or like the, the Janeway, the first Janeway before Kate Mulgrew came in and it's like this French theater actress and you're just like, absolutely not. Like, you just, that is how it is for me to listen to Dude Chap. And, I mean, I'm not trying to be mean to that voice actor. Voice acting is a very complicated thing. And you're doing 17 different lines for, like, one choice, right? Like, I understand it's complicated, but it just, Jennifer Hale is just so good that I cannot understand anyone wanting to play through three games with Dude Chap. Um, so that, you know, that's all. That's part of where my disbelief comes from. (laughs) Here are my two takeaways from Mass Effect at like the hour three mark. Um, everything costs a million dollars. Yeah. And don't give Uh, me the giant Krogan guy if it's like, oh my God, he's going to kill Fist. There's no way out of it. Well, he's a giant fucking frog guy. Of course I'm going to bring him as soon as I get the chance. He's a, he's a Krogan. It's what you do. I mean, that's that was your choice. That's probably why you went Renegade. Because they were like, he's going to kill him. Oh, and you were like, all right. You are absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> I've only played this game through like four times. So. You are absolutely right. That is totally why I'm stuck in Renegade right now. Because <laughs> you like, were like, Meh. yeah, he's going to kill him. Okay. <laughs> sure. There's so much in this game that, yes, I'm like, this is why. The whole running around the Citadel, you know, the like center of the universe, galactic government type thing running into these ambassadors who, like, have the real monotone voice, so they always have to say the, like, intent of their statement before <laughs> before they yes. say it. Love that bit. That was yep. genius. So good. Bemused surprise, human. 
I thank you for your kindness in this matter. Yeah, and I like it because the aliens, yeah, they have the very humanoid ones, but they also have got aliens that are really alien. Um, and I always love that. I mean, I love that about Star Trek. I love that about any media that, you know, ventures that way. And also, the one last thing we have to talk about Mass Effect. Yeah. You didn't think I was going to talk about it. You know Commander Jordan Shepard is just out here trying to space hoe through the entire galaxy. Of course. I would not expect anything. Smashing everything. Smashy, smashy. The only problem also with playing Jude Shep is that you can't have the best love interest. <laughs> you can't fuck Garrus. Because you can't fuck Garrus. I mean, you become best friends with him, which I guess is fine, but no cutscenes with Garrus for you. I get, I get that, that. They get the fish girl in game two, apparently. Although the most consistent man at work told me, faithful to Ashley the whole time. He's a one-woman man. No. One-woman man, that Seriously? most consistent man at work. Yep, the, apparently the, okay. he, he never deviated. That is weird, but also in that same – I also have to say, though, like if you're going to avoid or kill anyone, go with Caden. No one likes Caden. Caden can fuck off. Caden hasn't like, even done anything yet. Yeah, well, when you're Femship, he is all over you and you are oh. like, fuck off. <laughs> I have no time for you when there's a Garrus standing right there. <laughs> uh, obviously, for the people who have never played the games, uh, Garrus is the like squid lizard uh, faced race. Well, I, it's actually their we, we don't say race anymore. Wizards of the Coast got us off that. Um, the sort of the sort of lizard beast folk uh, character. Yeah, bird lizard faced things. It's a, it's a good. It's a good character design. And and his voice is amazing. <laughs> Um, yeah, very, very excited to get into Mass Effect. I'm clearly not the best gamer person in the world because I actually had to take a break because I couldn't figure out how to open the galaxy map on the Normandy. <laughs> That's like, okay. Oh, <laughs> you got to go behind it. I see. <laughs> it's All of these games, they've got their own learning curves, right? And the, then also... The prompt comes up on the front. I'm like, why is the prompt coming up if I can't do anything? Anyway. Um, yeah. But anyways, if you have a chance to get it because it's free right now and you are looking for something to get oh, into. Yeah, absolutely. If you're if you're a PlayStation player, because also this was Xbox exclusive for the longest time. So yeah. maybe you maybe you maybe you're like me and you missed it for that reason. But uh I'm very excited to to get into it. Um yeah, and see what the hype the hype is about. I don't know if I've ever really played a Bioware game, to be honest. Huh. This might be my first Bioware game. But anyway, I guess we'll take a break right here. We'll keep yeah. that part of the format at least take a break wet our whistles uh because kate and i are both just on the on the bleeding edge of of sore throat cough vibes which is exactly what we need yeah it's it's that winter cold everyone's sick the next person who sneezes at you you're gonna have a meltdown like that's that's what we're at right now just crushing vitamin c pills into a doing doing rails of vitamin c pills (laughs) off of the desk but yeah uh so we'll take a break right here with our whistles, and when we come back, we'll start getting into these uh, these top these tippy tops of the year that uh, was kind of a market improvement over the one before it. Mm-hmm. Got, they got a lot of complaints about 2022, and we'll get into why after this break. Welcome back to the show. This half of the show, we're going to talk about some of the things we brought each other this year that were really good. And you a couple know, of that just, weren't. Just a bit of this and that. Yeah. Just a little chat. A little, little holiday chat. 
I know. You're all psyched. We're psyched, too. We are psyched. No rules. None of that. Uh, Caitlin, sometimes we have, we've done different versions of this over the years. Sometimes yeah. we just picked three best things. Um, that was before, like... Watcharamas and crapathons and all that type of thing. So now we just kind of have. And, and that was when we were doing like two shows or TV or movies or whatever per episode. Yes. Um, so it's much more distilled now, I'd like to say. So now we just kind of have categories. Yeah. And uh, your girl, Katie Mack, has uh, rather astutely selected what these categories are. So I will uh, throw it to her and let her introduce them. Great. Um, so the first one we're, we're going to go through is, um, best of Watcharama. So for those of you who don't know, maybe you're brand new to the show. Um, every August we do August Watcharama, um, because we take July off and we have a lot to catch up on. There's a lot of summer TV. It didn't used to be like this. There's a lot of TV all the time, but yes, but it used to be that like things took a hiatus in the summer and then you would, you know, start school and like the second week of September, things would start up again. No, no, sir. Now there's all the things in the summer um, so that we can get caught up on, you know, the dialogue, the discussion. Um, we just focus on some of the new stuff. So that is our first category. Do we just want to launch into that one first? Uh, I also want to say before we get into it as a, yeah. as a sort of a preamble for the year as a whole, um, this is maybe the strongest year pound for pound of shit we've checked out. Maybe I said that last year too, but like no, no. I was last year we were all, we were both like, eh, that wasn't a great year. I think the year before that we were like, this was a really good year. But like going through the list and being like, oh, I got to pick something. I should look at everything we talked about this year. Stunned, literally stunned that all these things happened in the same year. And this is even in, like we have a category that will address it, but like this is just the stuff we talked about on the show. Yeah, you know so. Kate, what was your favorite from the Watcharama so offerings? Mine is it, it's very close. There are two, and they are neck and neck. They're probably the, probably the same on this, but I will explain my choices. So at the very top, the tippy top of Watcharama was the Sandman. She girl, y'all. She always this happens every fucking year we do this. I looked at that month and I was like, it's going to be Strange New Worlds and I'll be the Sandman and we'll have that discussion. But here she is. So it's Sandman for for both of us then. The Sandman, which is episode 288, if you want to check it out. Um, And then Strange New Worlds, very, like coming in very close at number two at 289. I think all around the Sandman was stronger. And I also think, I do, and I also think it was, it was more different than Mm. anything else or not anything else, but like than what people had sort of been exposed to or used to seeing. There's also like this long history of Neil Gaiman just trying so hard (laughs) to get it out there and in the way he wanted. And, but you know, being careful to have the important concepts and, uh, stories of the graphic novel be come on come alive on screen without being so beholden to that material that it stifled it, and I think that was a really hard balance. And I think by and large that that held true, um, and I really enjoyed it, um, and I'm really looking forward to season two. Strange New Worlds was 
so exciting because we had had so much Star Trek that wasn't the best. (laughs) And we had been waiting so long for something that was like, uh, you know, problem of the week and get, let us get, get to know the crew. I did feel sometimes that it did, uh, lean on characters from the old series a little too much where, um, when it sort of went in its own direction, um, it was the strongest. Um, and there were some amazing, brilliant episodes, um, that were so much fun, but I just, when I think about both of them, I just think Sandman was just so beautiful and artistic. Um, and they did such a good job with the casting. Um, yeah. Oh, and minus a deduction to Strange New Worlds for their terrible Kirk. Um, that's a <laughs> deduction right there. But yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cosign on everything Kate just said for the same man. Um, it said at the time that this was a just few things as foundational to me in my origins as the fucking dweeb as buying Sandman number one at the Detroit, at the Motor City Comic Con when I was like 11. Um, and being introduced to Neil Gaiman and the Endless and that whole story. Um, so to see it executed as a live action drama with care and that's, that's the thing I keep coming back to is just like, you can tell the material was cared for. I said at the time, it was like, it seemed like an apology for Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop <laughs> tried. It's Cowboy Bebop is the, it's the epitome of the, you tried Jeff. It's like, put a gold star on your head and you can laugh. You know, <laughs> you tried, but Cowboy Bebop could not free itself from fan expectations. And that dragged it down into the abyss. It either, it couldn't commit one way or the other. It, either had a slavish devotion to the anime one moment and then veered completely off into the stratosphere on the other, where now Julia is like killing vicious and establishing herself as the, or betraying spike and establishing herself as the head of the syndicate type of shit. Like interesting ideas. I would have liked them to get a second season to see where that went. But I mean, at the same time, you can't then do an inferior version of Pierre LeFou at the same time. You know, we have the anime. I don't need you trying to do bad wire work to do that episode. You know, like any change made to the Sandman, whether it was just, you know, how the characters were depicted or kind of removing some of the, um, cause this was a DC book. Originally it took place in the DCU. Like the justice league was in it. Excising those kind of elements and still having it succeed without being weighed down by, you know, DCU lore, like the, the David Thewlis character is a, you know, DC villain. He's like a justice league villain. Originally. Um, they just kind of like smudge that stuff out. <laughs> Cleaned up the edges a little bit. Yeah. They just kind of busted out the smudge tool and just kind of like, yeah, we don't really need that. Um, and it was, it was super well done. And I, yeah, I was just, I said at the time, I knew when Kirby Hal Baptiste walked on stage, like I knew every word that was going to come out of her mouth because I've read those stories so often. I know the script. Yeah. And they knew just to take 
Neil's words and have that be the script. It's the same thing with Fleischman is in trouble. You can tell that it's the novelist's words in the show, but they're good. So use them. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Super amped. They're getting a second season. Can't wait. Um, I hope they get all the time to tell the story in full. Um, mm-hmm. and I take for granted that this is so ingrained to me. You may, you brought up a very good point. Like, Someone cute didn't watch the whole thing. I think she kind of jumped in uh, to watch the death episode because it was just an amazing standalone. And yeah. I think she finished the season and doubled back to a couple other eps. But like to have no experience with this story, I got to believe it just it must have been mind blowing for like the nerds in your life to just be like, final. Oh, my God. Watch this. Yeah. Um, They really hit it. And for to go really macro when you have someone like Netflix who is n- you question how committed they are to original programming these days, given how quickly things get canceled, how much they seem to be focusing on, you know, love is blind and shit like that. <laughs> Cook, cooking shows. Yeah. Chef versus snack. Um, and just licensing K-dramas and stuff like that. You, It's good to see that they, there's still a place for, you know, good original content. Um, on the on that platform and super happy it worked out well that's unanimous acclaim from the geek down podcast for this for the same man uh what are we we on to next kate next i i also have a a distinct feeling it's going to be unanimous um it's the best of updates i don't think we've ever done this before but it's basically the best of like we haven't we didn't bring it to each other it's just something that we both watched (laughs) And or one of us watched, and we were like, "This was it's, amazing." It's a thing that was never a topic of the show. Like we didn't dedicate an episode to it, but we made we talked about it frequently. It was something we were clearly keeping up on, but it, didn't, it never got a dedicated episode of the show. Yeah, and I know Kate thinks I, I'm. I think I'm, I'm probably going to zag on her, but go ahead, Kate. Oh, What's yours? You are. I feel like you are going to zag on me now. Um, mine is Andor. Yes. Yeah. Um, I just... Andor's rad, the end. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just... So, even today, someone said, you know, what What should I watch? And I said, well, it's weird because it's a Star Wars thing, but you don't need to know anything about Star Wars. Like, it's great if you do, but it's not... Like, it was... we, were, we You know, senior correspondent and I were, were wondering, we're like, who wrote this? It's the guy who wrote The Born Identity. Like, yeah. and it's it's a spy... It's a spy thriller, and it's about... You know, you know, people beginning, uh, being uh, repressed and being, you know, under the thumb of their government and rebellion and how that happened. Like, it's so more complex than just use the force and here's a lightsaber, which I, is cool. I think but- what, ma- what makes Andor so effective is by the time you get to, like, A New Hope, it's like... Why is the Empire evil? Well, because they made this giant thing that blows up planets. Yeah. Shouts to Alderaan. Um, R.I.P. But there's a million steps that precede that. A million small injustices. A million small oppressions. And that's what Andor is dealing in. The Death Star is supposed to represent all that, right? What kind of people get to a point where they will literally blow up a planet? Right. Right? Like, that is supposed to be, like, the most horrifying thing. And the first time I watched Star Wars when I was a kid, I was like, they're not going to blow up the planet. And when he did... After she gave him the locate, like, I was in shock as a child being like, no, 
way. Um, <laughs> classic Katie Gasp right there. Uh, even when I was that little. Um, so, but yes, this is supposed to be like, what, how do we, how do we get to that point? Right. We, how did this rebellion start? Cause when you get to new hope, the rebel alliance is already allied. Right. Um, there have a lot of money behind them. They have a lot of ships. They have a lot of guns. Like, how did they get all this? Um, so yeah, that's, that, that's the topic. So are you going to zag on me? I am going to zag on you, and it should be said, it is a, it is so, it is a razor thin margin. I could catch me on a different day. I may have a different, uh, I may have a different selection, but the best thing I talked about on the show that did not have a dedicated episode uh, this year was the bear. Okay, all right. I I was wondering, and that was the uh, comedy drama series uh, created by Christopher Store. It was a Hulu show and ended up on Disney Plus in Canada, uh, starring Jeremy Allen White and a bunch of other people. And uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Allen White was in the lead role, and it was basically about um, a guy who comes back to run the sort of mom-and-pop greasy spoon. He is a professional trained chef, and he wants to reinvigorate, um, reinvigorate the uh, sandwich shop that his brother uh, was running after his brother's death. And it is like seven or eight, like eight episodes tightly wound within an inch of their life. Every actor is just crushing it. This is a show that like I was ready to pass on because I thought it was doing going to do that weird like romanticizing of like chefs that I don't really go in with. I don't know when chefs became rock stars, but it's a I can't I can't swear that equation <laughs> for me. It's never really. It's never really hit, so I was just like, oh, wow, they're going to do a bunch of drugs and talk about Oju. Like, that's, that's how great. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not that at all. It's about addiction and recovery and grief and surviving and change or die and all that type of stuff. And and Someone Cute was really beating the drum for this one until um, I finally... I start watching it with her. She may have been over here once and I watched a couple episodes and I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, it's episode six or seven. It's the bottle episode. It's the single very bad day at the restaurant. Um, and it's the second last episode, isn't it? I believe it is. Yeah. Um, where just a, an order system that they were not prepared to use yet doesn't get deactivated and all these orders come rushing in and stuff is just falling apart around him. It's practically, it's practically a single shot, um, for the entire, like 24 minutes or something. It's a shorter episode. It is just concentrated chaos. It's, it's very stressful. I think Kate said at the time when I told her about it, that she didn't know she could handle it. No, I definitely knew I couldn't handle it. (laughs) And it is, it is the, you know, you always talk about television sticking the landing. It sticks the landing perfectly if it's done. I can't imagine that it's done. But, I mean, if it's done after those eight episodes, the the literal chef's kiss. If they get another season, I cannot wait to see where this show goes. It's just fantastic. But, you know, the bear and Andor are, like, one in one A. Like, it's not... They're so close. I, this is not to diminish Andor in any way. Andor was a singular achievement, but just the bear stuck with me, man. I just couldn't. And the bear had better memes. It should be said. (laughs) 
the bear had all the memes about uh cammy the, the main character looking real stressed with <laughs> captions with captions like me when i make my own mac and cheese like <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah that's pretty good the, the meme the meme game on the bear was was very very good so those are the two best things that we did not talk about on the show officially, but talked about on the show a lot. A lot. <laughs> a lot, a lot. Um, next is honorable mentions. Um, honorable mentions. My God. I'm going to Yeah, I've, I've only got two. I've got two. Um, the first one is probably not going to be a surprise. It's everything, everywhere, all at once. From oh, right. Yes. Oh, my God. That was this year, too. We did do an yes. episode on that. Yes, it was. Um, that was fun and interesting. And, you know, she's the mom of the show. Um, and, and, K- and Kihi Kwan is the dad of the show. Both <laughs> yes. Our, yes. Both our show parents. Um, and, yeah, it was just, I it, it felt weird not putting it, you know, at the top. And I really, I needed to mention it. Um and then the second is the thing I'm still hanging with that is a surprise to me, <laughs> as well as to others, I'm sure. But it is um, from our anime roundup from episode 280, which is Raven of the Inner Palace. Uh, I didn't know that I needed a story <laughs> set in ancient China where a um, witch goes around solving ghost mysteries, but apparently I did. <laughs> And sometimes when I, I forget it exists, I get so excited when I remember mm-hmm. <laughs> because that is, it's just a solid show. It's just, that's what it is. She solves ghost mysteries and that, it, or magical mystery. Then that is, that is the premise of the show and I am here for it. And slowly she's learning more about like herself and other palace mysteries. Um, but yeah, I just, it's a good time. Um, so those are my, my two honorable mentions. I'm sure I could mention more, but those were the ones that really stuck out. I mean, like, if you're looking at stuff that, like, we hear things that are not going to be my top this year of things we talked about, uh, that we did, things that got episodes that are not going to be my top of the list, Peacemaker, Turning Red, mm-hmm. Minx, Winning Time, Paper Girls, Everything everywhere all at once. Like just, and this isn't even including the anime. Like heroines run the show. Like. Yeah. Oh man. That was in there too. Which for Mercury. It's not going to be my number one. It's definitely up there and it's damn sure an honorable mention. Like so many honorable mentions. Yeah. Um. I can't believe heroines was this year. It was. It was because we did, we did anime. We did our first uh, swings at anime previews this year. And that was just a random one I grabbed. A random slice of life I grabbed from the spring anime uh, preview. Which that is also on. in my honorable mentions because as I said on, I think it was like the episode where we talked about it, um, when it finished and I did, and I knew there wasn't another episode, I literally yelled at the television. I was so upset. Um, but yeah, like I, for, I forgot about Minx. I just found out Minx got like this is a story maybe we should have talked about at the top of the show. But like things are just getting canceled over at HBO Max right now. Like and the rights are sold back. So like Minx is they're filming the second season, but where will it, will it end up anywhere? I don't know. But the first season of Minx was fucking great. Yeah, it was great. It's like a solid hang. Even like the Adam Project was just kind of fun and like yeah. an '80s throwback sci-fi type vibe. Like there was just a ton of great content that we talked about this year. Summer Soul. 
Summer yeah. Soul was great too. Summer Soul was great. You can tell I'm excited because my voice gets higher pitched. Like, <laughs> uh, so so many great things, but none of these are the tippy top for me or Kate. But before we get into the tippy top, we have to talk about the scum at the bottom. The dishonorable mentions. Oh, you have dishonorable mentions first before you get into. Before I get to the tippy top. But the bad, bad. Do you have do you have honorable mentions and then the worst or just like? No, I have dishonorable mentions. These, this is the worst. This is the worst. Okay, yes. But it's it might be a surprise, but it's it's not even the worst. It's just one is the worst and one is I I forgot we did both of them. <laughs> I'm just gonna go. It's it's the um, episode 282 in which we talked about the bubble and bubble. <laughs> The bubble was the worst thing I watched this year. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But I literally forgot we watched both of them. So did I. I, ha- I like the episodes called like the the big bubble boys or Be- beefy bubble boys. Beefy bubble boys, right? How could I forget? And I was like, what the fuck is beefy bubble? <laughs> As I'm like looking through old episodes, and I had to go in and be like, what? Did, what was that about? And then I went, oh yeah, and I was like. Bubble was trash. Trash. Was, it was so trash. I was like, I have to mention it on the show on like how how terrible it was. Um, and then Bubble, I just forgot I watched it, and it was beautiful, but apparently not very memorable. Oh, Sorry, Bubble. Well, welcome to anime. Yeah, I did not like. Listen, I did not. I forgot Bubble existed. I was reminded Bubble existed because you know it's it's year end list all over the place, and one of like my Japanese music blogs or something. Um ran down her favorite Japanese songs of the year and like the the main song from Bubble was in there. Um and I went, Oh I watched that. Oh, it was yeah. real pretty. <laughs> but then she turned into body horror suds by the end of it and I was like, All right. I remember that movie. <laughs> I remember that movie. And I remember the movie I watched with it and I got so mad. Yeah. Because the bubble was terrible. It was you, terrible. you want to know why Netflix isn't into doing original content anymore? You can ask Judd Apatow. Yeah. It's his fault. Send him, send him messages on Twitter. You might get banned. But. <laughs> yes, you probably get banned. He'll ask Elon to ban you. Yeah. Which brings us. Drum roll, please. We don't have a drum fan, roll. Do I we? don't have a drum I can maybe put one in post. but <laughs> pause, pause for fanfare that I'll put in post, but. The best thing that we watched this year and discussed on the show that hasn't already been mentioned, Caitlin McKinnon. Yeah. What is your pick? Well, you had said you were saying you were like, oh yeah, these things are are not going to be the top of the list, but for me they were. Mm. Um, again, they're very neck and neck, but the very top of my list is Winning Time. I fucking every year, every year, y'all, every year. She starts gearing up, and I'm like, she's going to go left. She's going to fucking go left. She's going to pick some anime that I forgot we watched, and I didn't even think she liked. Or she's going to pick the sports show. <laughs> um, episode 279, and then right after that, because I, I really, I was like, oh, it's a toss-up. But when I was thinking about it, I was like, no, it's it's winning time, which I'll get into in, in a sec. But right after that is Peacemaker. <laughs> 271. Wow. Episode 271, yeah. Um so I'm, now I'm really excited to see what you pick, but uh, let's talk about Winning Time. Let's. Winning Time was a show that 
I did not expect to like. <laughs> and I'm not, I didn't expect to hate it. Did you, did I force you to watch this or was I already talking about it and you were like, that sounds interesting. Let's do it on the show. I can't I, remember. I but. literally can't remember either. But for whatever reason, we did start watching it. And then I think on the episode, I, I think I mentioned it. I didn't watch to like episode three. I watched like episode four or five. Like it was, I could not stop watching it. I was so enthralled by like the storytelling and and the and how they told the story and the story itself and we've we have experience before of me liking sports things that I didn't mm, that, that's, expect. Yeah, that's true. Um, like the episode where you gave me um, Bad Boys, right? Um, which was about the Detroit Pistons, um, the late 1980s Detroit Pistons, which to this day I still talk to people about. Um, And I did not think I'd be so enthralled with the story, but I was. And I, again, I don't watch basketball at all. I, I know very little about basketball, but I, it was just so well done. And I know that, you know, Magic Johnson has some problems with the storytelling, but again, and I said it a bunch of times when we talked about it, this is not supposed to be an accurate storytelling. This is supposed to be a folklorish, almost magical realism story about what sort of happened. Um, And they've, they've turned certain characters into archetypes um, for that purpose. Um, but it's still, I think, even though Magic Johnson's not happy with the storytelling, I think it does give nuance to his character, which could easily come off as just being cocky. And more and more, you just see that he is lost. Um, but anyways, it just, it, it really, I just got hooked. I got hooked and I wasn't expecting it. And anything that really the storytelling so good. And, and I talk about this all the time. I don't really watch anything that's not fantasy or science fiction or <laughs> anime, right? Like, it's very rare for me like, to watch something like The Bear, right? Or something along those lines. So for something to be so rooted in reality and sports of all things and just to really pull me in that much, um, that, that to me is, is, shows that it was the best thing I watched this year. That is typically surprising, y'all. <laughs> and then, and then, just sort of quick mention of Peacemaker. Like again, Peacemaker. Again, we talked about episode two seventy one. Um, I did not expect to like it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought maybe it was James Gunn. You know, he does a really good job. But Jordan was right. That intro, you're just like, oh, oh no, I gotta anything. I thought this was gonna be. <laughs> I need to, that needs to be gone out of my mind. Um, it was so much fun and so weird and wacky and John Cena did a great job. Um, the whole cast really did a great job, but anyways, that was, th- those are my top. Peacemaker really, yeah, surpassed most of my expectations. Um, I, I probably would have watched it cause the, the man you can't see was in it. But yeah, for like like you said, from the minute that opening started to just the way he's playing it to I'm not going to repeat the line that had me all in <laughs> in the first episode. Yeah. But it was like, oh my God, okay. 
Uh, mild corrective to your chat on Winning Time. I don't know how Man- Magic Johnson felt about it. Maybe you read something I didn't, but I know Jerry West was the most vocal about his depiction on the show. Well, yes, which is understandable. But Magic Johnson was upset because he is he's also been working on a series about mm. about him and what sort of happened in his life. And yeah, he, that'll do it. Yeah, he wasn't pleased with it. I think you know it shows him womanizing and yes. You know, but there is other nuance to that. Um, Jerry West, yes, I understand. They made him a caricature. They made him just like so angry. A giant bottle of Rage Hall. Yes. But it's it was it was played for laughs, and I can understand being a real person and being like, "That's not what I'm like, and that's not fair." But again, this is not this is not a uh, this is not a biopic. This is not like it is meant to be funny and. And kind of weird and just, it's supposed to be as flashy as they wanted to, to make the team, right? Like it's a, it's flashy storytelling. Um, so I, I'm like, I'm trying to encourage people not to take it too seriously. Jerry West is never going to hear this, but, uh. (laughs) Jer, just, you know, We don't think you're really like that. Chill out. It's okay. Which brings us to my number one, y'all. And for mine. What we got to do right here is go back. Go way back. Back into time. All the way back to January 30th. Oh, my God. A thing that I had I had forgotten was from the winter season, the, the winter anime season that year. I thought it went back to 2021. It did not. It came to 2022. Right scraping by in oh, January. I know what it is. And that is not a perfect show by any means. Not a show without issue. But Ranking of Kings was unlike anything oh I had seen. It was the fastest half an hour. I know people want to shit on the art style and said it looks too childish. And had that unfortunate allegorical resonance with the way the Japanese people treated the Korean people in their history. Mm-hmm. Which is not great. But the story of a deaf and naive prince named Bochi, Boji, and his little uh, shadow puddle friend named Kage, as he learns what it is to be a king. Best fantasy outside of Game of Thrones, outside of like early blowing your mind, you didn't know what to expect. Game of Thrones, Boji must be protected at all costs. Still, and every time his his journey was so compelling to watch and there's still so much of that world left unexplored i think they're doing a special episode uh either this month or next month um but i was utterly stunned by that show um and could not believe who did the actual who was the studio because some of the action scenes and the way the direction was done Oh, right. Studio Wit, the Attack on Titan Cabinary people, um, did this show. And the the monsters and the twists and turns and the betrayals and the who's on whose side. And just it was the intrigue kept me coming back every week um, to watch that show. I was watching it week to week. And it's it's one of those rare things, Caitlin. I could see myself rewatching this show. Wow. And I don't usually... 
sitcoms are about the only thing I ever waste my time rewatching on because there is too much content. As we often say, as we love to say, truthfully, yeah. there is too much content. Too much content. I could totally see myself going back and binging uh, Ranking of Kings. I love that show. It has stuck with me. Boji is one of my favorite characters. He's just so pure and good <laughs> and yeah. worthy of your belief. Um, and it was a very, like I said, not without its problems, not without its problematic elements, but I don't, for me, your mileage may vary, but for me, did not outweigh the caliber of storytelling that was in that show. I am, I am not, I'm not surprised and yet, and yet. We're but both again, so weird. You're weird, Jordan. We're, we're, we're just... both very weird. But like any of these could have could have got picked. Like, yeah, it was a good year. I know we say like year. there's too much content, and part of it is that there's too much good content. Um, like some, come on, somebody make some crap. It can't just be the CW all the time. <laughs> like someone else take something on. Cannot um, be. I, I can't have good all the time. I even heard a. I read an article. On the Mary Sue of all places, um, um, like lauding, um, oh, what murder cowboys? Um, oh, we, you know, we watched, murder uh, we cowboys. Watched, it, we watched it. It was terrible. <laughs> Yellowstone. Was, Yellowstone. Um, lauding Yellowstone, and like it was just an eye-opening um, sort of take on on Yellowstone, which is fully like that Yellowstone, it, it is a mafia story, like, which we said at the beginning. Um, he's the governor. But even now. that, yeah, I know. I know. I've seen things <laughs> come up on my YouTube. I'm like, I don't want to watch this. Come on. You know this YouTube. But there's the um, whole, there's the whole fucking Yellowstone expanded universe. where fucking like Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren are playing like Kevin Costner's grandparents in like a yeah. Yellowstone prequel. Like, and there's just, there's, I mean, it just, it's talking about, you know, depicting the wealthy as just like basically barbarians, right? Like <laughs> any, anybody who stands in their way gets murdered. <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, it was just, even that's getting, you know, its own take about how it actually is really good. And, and, um, so there's just, there's too much and there's too many good things, but it makes for a very, very interesting End of year roundup, I'd say. Mm-hmm. To write, Kate. Yeah. I think that means it's present time. <gasps> My favorite time. Present time. Present time. All right. Uh, just do yours because we already said it's the most. Okay. I'm going to open my card. The most anticlimactic beginning of the same thing for like the last four years. Aw. <laughs> I'm going to read. I hate people, people who read cards out loud during no, the birthday. No, don't read No, them. that's weird. Um, okay, so if anyone knows this at all. Oh, my God. You're wrapping the tape on this. Can't get in. Oh um, one year, Jordan got me a Sarah Scribbles day planner. And I have not been able to live without one. Ever since. So much so that last year I panicked and I bought one because I thought he wouldn't get me one. <laughs> and then he's like, what am I supposed to get you for Christmas? Furious. And this year I like badgered him into it. Thank you very much, Jordan. Um, Fun fact. Major Canadian retailer. Don't sell them no more. What? I do. I'd go an alternate route for that. 
Well, thank you. Extra thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I have written to them several times with the fact that it only comes in 16-month versions, <laughs> and I have to remove the first four months oh, no. because of this. So I have like all these ways that I will adapt the planner to fit my <laughs> needs, but I, I absolutely – like not only do I need the jokes every week to get me through the year, but I just – I. I cannot do without it. For future reference, would you prefer the Sarah Scribbles Day Planner becomes your birthday present and you can get it the full 16? No. Ew. <laughs> no. I have a way. I do it. I glue some of the pages together. It's a whole thing. <laughs> I spend like I spend like a whole two days like just beefing it up. Yeah, that, sounds, um, that sounds like the highlight of Caitlin McKinnon's week. <laughs> year more like it jordan um i have stickers i use it's I, I ordered new ones uh this year i don't go all in where some people they use that it's called like a dot journal or a dot planner and they yes. like literally do all their own art i'm like i haven't got time for that um but i do i do customize it to a certain extent spent which is a lot of fun and gives me an excuse to use stickers so yeah, <laughs> there we go. Thank you very much, Jordan. You're Merry welcome. Christmas. Merry Christmas. I was reading Caitlin's card to me while she uh, was describing that. Also, uh, Caitlin did too much. I didn't. I really didn't. As is to be expected. Um, one of them is not wrapped. Caitlin, what is this little man? So I got the little man in Vancouver, um, and it is sort of, it's from Japan, and it's like one of those, it's not obviously the same type, but Jordan collected, can I call them vinyl toys? Vinyl, like is yeah. that what they're called? Yeah. And it's sort of in that same vein, and I just thought he was really cool. I've, I've never seen this before. Like, he kind of looks like a what they call a bear brick, which is like a little, like... Um, like bear that different designs would go on. Oh, Which is what, they, like when I was in the store, they had a bunch of different bears with different designs that, you know, all are the same. They've got like one curved ear and one pointy ear, but he mm. was the coolest design by far, I thought. And I was like, it looks really cool. And he can like use it as a keychain if he needs one. And, well, yeah. now I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna have to like investigate who this <laughs> little man is and where he came from, what the other designs are. Thanks for another thing to obsess over, <laughs> You're, Merry Christmas, Jordan. <laughs> it's no longer just vinyl. And she have. There are other things in here. Is there an order to this or just the smaller the smaller thing? There's two things in there. There's a smaller thing and a bigger thing. Yes. The bigger thing we will talk about because I was going to get you something else. We will talk about. Yeah. I. <laughs> Caitlin, what is this? <laughs> it's a tiny little like. Notepad, but it's a vinyl thing. It's a little vinyl board, um, like like uh, record player, but it has little music notes on the inside. But you can still use it for notes. I just thought it was adorable. I also got it in Vancouver, and it's also covered in Japanese writing. It's clearly from Japan, and I know enough that I can I can see that it says Recordo Memo. Yeah, it's a little record memo. memo. It's got like a it's on like a little tur- portable turntable looking thing, and it's a little little pad with records on it. <laughs> That's adorable. Yeah. What is this? It's clear. It's clearly a book. Yep. But I don't know what book it could be, and how could she possibly be confident? I wouldn't buy whatever book this is for myself. I'm not. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch! You <laughs> son of a bitch, Caitlin! You're a son of a bitch! I don't need this from you. 
Uh. Oh my god! God damn it, y'all! Uh. <laughs> Queen of manga, Rumiko Takahashi, has three classic works from earlier in her career. There is Urusei Yatsura, which we talked about uh, on the anime preview, which was her first work. There was Ranma One Half, sort of the martial arts comedy, and then there was a very much more subdued sort of um, romantic comedy, more romance, more drama with comedic elements mm-hmm. called Maze and Okoku, a bunch of bu- about a bunch of people who uh, live at a boarding house, and uh, the main character falls in love with the widowed owner of the boarding house, and mishaps, three's company level mishaps ensue. And did you buy this already or because I sent you the photo? So I bought it because you sent me the photo because the thing that I was going to buy you, which was also a manga, someone at a certain store was supposed to put aside for me. And when I got there, they had no record of it and they didn't have it in the store anymore. And I'm not going to tell you what it is. And it was not, it was not the, I had told him a story earlier off mic about being possibly a little bit salty towards one of the (laughs) workers. And I felt really bad. I didn't, I didn't mean to be, it just came out sort of wrong. I was just confused about something. And, and that person was probably like super overwhelmed because it's Christmas and I get it. I've been there. So I felt just like so terrible about it. That was not, it was not this poor person's fault, but um, yeah, so the thing that I had put aside, which I'm not going to tell you about because I'll try and get it for you next year, um, that I had put aside, it was not there. So I was like, oh, what to do? And then he had sent me this thing that because- I looked up because I was like, oh, maybe I'll get that for him. But I had already put this other thing aside. So I thought I, I was like, oh, no, I'll go with that. Um, he was like, I, I need all of these. <laughs> I don't. The, okay. So the thing is, like, I've seen them come in at work. Viz put out these gorgeous larger editions of Maids and Okoku. They have like, it's almost kind of like the, uh, what do you call this cover type, Caitlin? Did you feel it at all? Like it's got the ridged co- yeah. paperback cover. It's like a really high, they're really high quality made on the paper. Yeah. Um, it's I, it's like, it's in between like paperback and hardcover. And the, the cover illustrations are always generally of the aforementioned, uh, widowed, um, boarding house mistress or owner. Um, Kind of like water, not watercolor, but like colored pencil illustrations mm-hmm. kind of on the front. They're gorgeous. And every time they come in, I go, oh my God, I can't, I can't get into this because I never, because the joke we always make about Takahashi is her like works go on for like 900 years. Mm-hmm. Like literally the, the literally the one he sent me was number 10. <laughs> and it was the last one. That was the last one. So I could see the ending point. I was like, damn, the only, so it's only 10. Oh man, because like Ursa Yatsura is at like seventeen with yeah. no no sign of of wrapping up, and should also be said the Ursa Yatsura volumes are very much on cheap newsprint um, with like standard flimsy like paperback cover. Mm-hmm. They are not this good with end papers and all this business. Um, well, thanks for opening that door, Kate. <laughs> hey, maybe you just you own the first one and you yeah. borrow the others. Catch me, Caitlin. Hey. You know how good these are going to look on a shelf? Come on now. You don't have any shelf space. I know because I have been <laughs> to your apartment. The, for those of you who don't know, every so often when I go there and we, we're in person, I will complain because it's gotten slightly better 
he made some arrangements. Um, I and did. It, and it got slightly better, but basically he's just crowded his books. The vinyl, beautifully placed. Books crowded together. Two, two layers of them in a mm-hmm. bookshelf, which is just foul. And now I can um, do that again. Oh, my God. Anyways, Merry <laughs> Christmas. So I got two layers of maize and a koku. <laughs> You'll know just, who to blame. And then maybe as an additional gift, I'll get you another shelf. <laughs> Listen, I might scale, like, someone cute says I'll probably miss it, but I don't know. The bed might get scaled down, so that might that might uh, free up some extra, some some, extra space. Some room. We'll <sighs> see. Anyway, friends, I don't know how long this episode's going to end up being. It's definitely going to be more than an hour, so I hope you're satisfied. Merry Christmas to you guys. Merry Christmas. And, like, listen, you can have an extra beefy episode because we're going to be gone for at least a week. We hope you have a safe and happy holiday. Spend it with the people you love. That is the most important thing. Gifts are fun. We're lame. We're old. It's the time you get to spend with the people you love. That is the most important. If you're traveling like I am, stay safe. Take care of yourself. Stay bundled. Bring snacks. Bring the podcast with you. Always bring snacks. Bring the podcast with you. Re-listen to your favorite episodes. The gift you can give us is, uh, is juked up numbers. And and like a like a star or a thumbs up or a like or a message, it all helps immensely. All I want for Christmas is review on Spotify. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, it was beautiful. Loved it. It was terrible. Um, Merry Christmas! And if you don't celebrate Christmas, I still hope you get to hang out and see your family and watch terrible movies and eat junk food. Um, and I'm really excited to see you guys in the new year. We will be back sometime in the new year, friends. First or second week of January. We'll let you know over on twitter.com slash geekdompod. If it still exists after December 31st, (laughs) that's where you can keep up with us. Otherwise, we will get at you in the new year. Friends, as said, stay safe. Happy holidays, however you celebrate them. Thank you for spending an hour and change with us every week. That is the greatest gift. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and I hope you have a lovely, fabulous, and warm holiday season. I don't know if Maya Rudolph's really into solving mysteries. I might, but if they're just going to fuck around and be funny, then I don't give a shit. <laughs> Boodly boop. Oh, wait, should I stop recording? Boodly boop. Skit, scat, 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 scat,